Mommy. Honey. <laughs> Quiet. Hello. Daddy's not looking at me. Yeah, where is Daddy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> at home. He's at home? I know he's at home. He's supposed to be watching you. Welcome to Because I Fell Asleep in Class, the podcast where three family members share facts that you may have learned had you not fallen asleep in class. I'm Caitlin. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Casper. All right, so everybody's sick. Um, <laughs> sick yep. for me. Casper's Except the only Casper. one not sick, and I'm so scared I'm going to get him sick because he's been taking care of me. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm glad he's not sick, but... <laughs> Don't worry, this South Dakota martini is wiping any illness away. Oh, I'm sure it is. Um, I'm not sick, but I was sick, like, a week ago, but I'm good now. <clears throat> I'm just still very much pregnant. Let's see. Yeah, that's about it. I went camping. Nice. This weekend, what'd, yeah, what'd you guys do? Well, I guess, Caitlin, you did nothing. Yeah, I did nothing. I've been sick. Um, so I've been chilling on the couch, and Casper's been taking care of me. Oh, and we got our new fridge on Friday. Oh, yes. Or yes. Saturday. It's a fancy, nice-looking fridge. It is very fancy, and Casper went and got groceries today. Yeah. And he's like, I can help you put groceries away. I was like, no, I want to put the groceries away. <laughs> I want to do it by myself. I'm so excited. That's awesome. But yeah, so um, we were originally like our fridge quit like a week ago, and we went to the um, we went to the store and bought another one. And then Friday they were supposed to call us and tell us when they were coming on Saturday, and they called and they were like, "Well, they called Casper and they're like, um, yeah, so your fridge isn't in stock, and the earliest we could maybe get it is like next week." And Casper's like, we've been without a fridge for, like, a week. Like, we can't go any longer. So <clears throat> he asked them, he's like, is there, like, is there a comparable one you can bring us? Like, we have to have a fridge. Like, we, we've been living out of coolers and ice packs for a week. So we need something. Oh, man. Yeah. And so they're like, yeah, we'll bring you the closest thing we have, which <clears throat> was an upgrade. It's a tiny bit smaller than the one we originally got, but it still has plenty of room. Um, and it has like an extra meat and cheese drawer, which we ideally would have wanted. We just didn't want to pay for it. So it actually kind of worked out perfect because we got the fridge we wanted in general. We just didn't want to pay for. Um, but yeah, we love it. Like I was loading it up after Casper got groceries and he's like, do you need any help? And I was like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> I want to no. do it. <laughs> do you ever like, well, Okay. This is your first time getting groceries, but when you put everything in, you're like, holy shit, like, there's more room. Like, I have a bunch of room still. Yeah, I was, I was actually telling Casper that, um, because we got a French drawer, and then we got the drawer, so the freezer's on the bottom drawer, and, uh, I was like, there's so much, there's so much more room, and we can move the shelves around if we want, 
and then um casper gets a lot of like protein drinks and stuff that he drinks um every day and normally we'd have to put those like way at the bottom in the old fridge so i felt like i'd have to like stand on my head to put those in the fridge and i got to actually stand up and put them in like a normal person and i was like this feels weird i like this (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so yeah um if i wasn't old i am officially old um considering how excited i was for this new fridge but it's it's pretty sweet yeah you don't realize how old you are until you get a new appliance or something (laughs) you You don't realize how cool you are until new appliances come in cool oh okay that's a new one yeah you're you're cool i mean i'm not gonna lie my coworkers have been very heavily invested in the whole fridge saga and so i was like keeping them updated on friday when like they said they weren't gonna bring one and then we got this new one and stuff so they were like very heavily invested like friday on our morning call they were like okay what's the fridge situation and stuff so i like sent them pictures of the fridge when i got here saturday they were like that's a nice one like blah 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 blah. that's really sweet so like Yeah, so apparently my whole department is old because all of us are very excited about my fridge. That's awesome. I knew I hit my point when... um... Oh, gosh. Sorry, hold on. Zane's monitor. For some reason, an alarm went off. Oh, uh uh-oh. It says no movement detected. That's because nobody's in there. (laughs) Okay, well, good to know your sensor's working. Yeah. Oh, Asher's sleeping in there. So it, and it, <laughs> you can just see his butt, so it can't detect his breathing. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Oh my gosh. Um, I knew I hit my point when I was compare, comparing different vacuums. Oh, and yep. <laughs> yeah. Which, which one I wanted, because I wanted like, one that could go on hardwood floors, so one that would mop and vacuum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, like, I'm officially old. <laughs> so. Well, we've been wanting to upgrade. We just know since we're going to move, we didn't want to pay to upgrade. And then our appliances started going to shit. So I think yeah. for the last three months, I've been looking and comparing like washers and dryers and refrigerators and stoves and dishwashers. And it's like, I'm cool. I know I am. Yep. Yep. It's fine. Well, and then uh, Casper and I were talking about, you know, we didn't really want to upgrade our fridge, but we had no choice. And so we're like, well, we'll get one that we like, and then we can always take it with us if we want when we move. And they had just barely installed it. Like we couldn't even use it for 24 hours because we had to let it like cool down and we had to run the water through it and all that stuff. And they had just installed it. And I looked at Casper and I'm like, yep, we're taking this with us. <laughs> yep. I was like, I like this one. Yeah, when we bought our new appliances, like our whole set, it, I, I told Derek, I was like, we're going to have to take these with us. Like, there's no way we spent all this money on an entire set just leaving our house. And now I'm like, I'm okay with leaving it here. Our new house <laughs> will... Hopefully it'll have appliances. If not, we can buy new ones. <laughs> <laughs> Only because, be- like, once you have it for a couple of years, you realize, like, like, like I would like a bigger fridge, even yeah. though my fridge is not that old. I want a bigger one. And I, oh. oh, gosh, all the gadgets and stuff. 
Yeah, and I feel like, especially with you and your growing family, <clears throat> you're going to need a bigger fridge, because oh, last time gosh, I was at your house, your fridge was very, very full. <laughs> it's packed all the time. It's terrible. Yeah. Okay, well, now that we've bored everyone with appliance talk. Um... Yep. <laughs> okay, so the territory that would become South Dakota was added to the United States in 1803. As part of the Louisiana Purchase, the first permanent American settlement was established at Fort Pierre by the Lewis and Clark Expedition in 1804. White settlement of the territory in the 1800s led to clashes with the Sioux clan, as some of the lands had been granted to the tribe by an earlier treaty. Nevertheless, the territory was incorporated into the Union on November 2nd along with North Dakota. Um, A little fun fact. Due to a controversy over which state would be admitted to the Union first, President Benjamin Harrison shuffled the bills and signed one at random, with the order going unrecorded, though North Dakota is traditionally listed first. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. But, I mean... South Dakota has obviously more visitors because of their the biggest attraction there, which is Mount Rushmore. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, I got that from history.com. Like huge. Per huge. Okay. So the uh, capital city is Pierre. The population is 879,336. And that's per the U.S. Census Bureau as of 2020. And the governor since 2019 is Christy Noem. Noem. It's N-O-E-M. I'm sorry, Christy. I probably butchered your name. Um, But she's been in office since 2019. Okay. uh, Dakota is the word for friend in the Native American Sioux language. And that will be the same as North Dakota. So just remember that. Maybe we skip that part. (laughs) <laughs> the okay. motto is under god the people rule uh the nickname is kind of head on the mount rushmore state but i do got some other fun nicknames here in a second i do have some facts here uh south dakota is approximately the same size as Kyrgyzstan and senegal so uh, Fifth least populous state and the fifth lowest in population density. South Dakota has the fourth highest percentage of Native Americans in any in the states, with only Alaska, Oklahoma, and New Mexico ahead of them. Other nicknames of the state have been Coyote State, Artisan State, because of the Artisan Wells, Blizzard State, the Land of Plenty, and the Land of Affinity Variety. But this one's the weirdest one to me. It was also called the Sunshine State at one point. The Sunshine State? Like Florida? Yep. Oh, that's weird. That's what I thought. I don't picture uh, South... Sorry. I don't picture having South Dakota being known as a Sunshine State. A snowy state, yeah, but not a Sunshine State. Right. Agreed on that one. 
All right. There are 63 state parks in South Dakota. Uh, and we got a funny story about one of them. No, we don't. Tiff, do you want to tell a story? I uh, can't recall. There are no stories that I know of. Um, I know we went and visited there a few years ago, and it was a grand time, and that's about it. Oh, well, here, let me fill in a, a blank here for you. So we went to Custer State Park as a family. Yep. yep. And Derek was driving, right? And you were the passenger, right? I wasn't there. So she was a passenger. And all of us were in the back. And Caitlin and I were in the middle seat. And we kept on giving Tiff a hard time asking if there was tell her to ask the ranger when we go in if there's animals in the park. Because, you know, there's a lot of animals in South Dakota. And so she actually did ask the ranger if there's animals in this park. And without missing the beat, the ranger said, nope, they're all left. They all left. Yeah, that's pretty good. Ha, ha, ha. And you and Derek had just gotten engaged, and I could almost see a look in his eye, and he was like, God damn it. What did I do to myself? (laughs) Yeah, well, let's also remember that I may or may not had alcohol in my system. That's true. Yeah, but you also get this look on your face when you realize you've done something stupid. Like, you're mad at us, but also laughing because it's so stupid, it's funny. And uh-huh. you had that look pretty good that day. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I can go on something different, so stop embarrassing you. Uh-huh. Uh, South Dakota is home to the last intact Minuteman two intercontinental ballistic missile launching thank system you. in the U.S. Oh, see when I did Thank you. Yourself. I was going to say thank you for making me feel better. You're welcome. There's a lot of big words together. Come on. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The went to college, only... didn't you? I was an English major. Thank God. <laughs> The world's only corn palace is in Mitchell, South Dakota. It's made up over 3,500 bushels of corn. We'll save that one for later. South Dakota produces more sunflowers than any other state, including the sunflower state. Oh, interesting. The sunflower state's Kansas, in case you didn't know that. I didn't know that, actually. Uh, Homestake Mine in South Dakota was North America's deepest gold mine until it closed in 2002. Today, though, it's used for dark matter research. South Dakota is home to more than 175 butterfly species of butterflies Ooh. and 400 species of birds. Holy cow. 200 uh, alone uh, are native to the Black Hills and the Badlands. Nice. Pretty neato, Speedo. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll stop there because the other one started getting on some uh, weird laws and stuff, and I don't want to ruin Caitlin's stories. Thank you for, for your service. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Then are we are we ready to move on to food? Yes. So we're gonna start with the gabubu bread. Did you guys make any? Yes. Yes. Okay. So gabubu, um, the word actually trans. Oh, it's a Lakota, like the Lakota tribe. It's traditionally traditionally originated from them. So it's a type of skillet bread prepared with flour, baking powder, salt, milk, and you can use bacon fat or just regular oil. I just use regular oil. And then you fry it in a pan. Uh, Gabubu translates to um, need, like kneading. Oh my gosh. To knead is what it is. Like kneading bread. You get what yep. I'm saying? Yep. Um, it can also mean to pound or to beat. <laughs> yes. Um, the word itself can extend to using a drum. You can gaboo a drum. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it requires less oil than fry bread. That's what, well, and then the ingredients kind of make them different, but that's the main difference. So it was a lot cheaper to prepare for families in West River and on South Dakota reservations. Okay, so that was pretty much everything that I had on the gabubu bread. Basically, it, it's more flat than your regular fried bread and... It's really easy to make. It's super easy to make, and I was kind of nervous that it wasn't going to be, but... So I had to put a little bit more flour because it was still kind of sticky, but I thought it was pretty easy to make. I had to put a lot of flour in it, actually. Yeah, And I'm not a baker, so me guessing on whether I'm doing this right or not is kind of... But I liked it. Ours was a little doughy in the middle yet, but that's because I didn't get it flat enough. Yeah, I, I burnt a couple of the pieces. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple burnt ones off there too. <laughs> so, but other than that, I mean, my last like four came out pretty good. I made six. Um, I did too. Yeah, I just had to turn down the heat a little bit. but <laughs> Yeah, and shut, cut down on my time leaning in the fryer. Yeah, yeah, that was my thing too. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna move on to um, our next food, which was Indian tacos with fry bread. And the correct name is actually Navajo tacos because it originated from the Navajo tribes. And now Adopted by other tribes. If you don't know what this is, it's a fry bread. It's very similar to gabubu bread, but this one only has, what, three ingredients, I think? Mine was self-rising flour, salt, and water. Oh, see, mine was um, flour, baking powder, salt, and milk. Oh, that's what the gabubu bread was for mine. 
Well, my gaboo bread also had sugar in it, too. Yes. Okay. Mine had sugar in it as well. So yeah. basically the same, but without sugar. <laughs> I really liked it. This bread, it's obviously thicker. Or mine was. I don't know. Because when I put it in the fryer, it like bubbled up. It like blew up. Yeah, mine did too. Okay. I actually got these one pretty flat, but I mean, they kind of, I guess, grew some air pockets or something and bubble popped up a little more. Yeah, that's what mine did too. That's probably the self-rising flower right there. Um, And then, so the taco part of it, I'm not sure if you used what recipe you used, but I just did ground meat, um, tomato sauce, taco seasoning, and pinto beans. And then I put that on top of the bread. And then I put sour cream, cheese, and lettuce on them. Yeah, yeah. we did we did um, beef, ground beef, and taco seasoning, no tomato sauce. Okay. And then um, ranch-style beans. Hmm. And then we put cheese, lettuce, sour cream, and I put taco sauce on top of mine, too. I don't know what you did on yours. Um, no, I also put taco sauce on mine, but that's not a traditional way, so I didn't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I What I did is I took a piece of gaboo bread and a piece of fry bread, and like I cut those in half and put it on each side, and then I put the Indian taco meat kind of down the middle, and mm. then because um, I wanted to try both. And then I topped that with lettuce and cheese and sour cream. And then I put salsa on mine, which I know isn't traditional, but I wanted a little salsa. So, so yeah. our directional said you could. So I just went with my directions. <laughs> go, um, out, go out and find the information that best applies to you. That's the American way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, these, it was really good. I'm kind of disappointed now that we didn't get to try any authentic Indian tacos at the ethnic festival when we were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's where I've had them as is at like uh, fairs and stuff. And authentic, I have no idea how authentic they are, but they are very good. Or like the one I had was very good. Just yeah, don't know that- how authentic it was. I think there's some restaurants that sell them around here too. I need to check that out. but Yeah we ever get in the mood to try them a lot of places that are red it's oh my gosh i'm so sorry actually more popular in the southwest than it is up north well i can see that because navajo navajo is more in the is in the southwest uh uh-huh so yeah but i don't know so these are um more common at powwows, which mm. you don't know what a powwow is, it's basically an Indian party, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how to explain them. Because... <laughs> um, but they're also very popular at fairs, festivals, and different outdoor summer shows held, like I said, mostly in the Southwest. Um. So it says Indian tacos are a combination of beans, ground beef, chopped lettuce, 
sliced tomato, cheese, and green chilies. On top of a plate-sized rounds of crispy Navajo or Indian fry bread. Uh, they traditionally don't use plates or silverware or anything like that. They just fill the bread with your filling, roll it up, and eat it. Okay. Um, so the history. So like I said, it's traditional to the Navajo tribe. And the <clears throat> story actually comes with great pain and suffering. But I'm going to – I'm not going to butcher it, but I'm going to – skip a few parts so though it's common among southwestern tribes it is the navajo who developed this recipe um the navajo planters lived from lived from the earth as their ancestors had for hundreds of years before they also raised livestock to feed their families the navajo dainta or homeland was bordered by the four sacred mountains from northeastern Arizona, western New Mexico, and north into Utah and Colorado. None of this talks about South Dakota, but these are very popular in South Dakota. I will (laughs) tell you that. Um, But, okay, going back to this. They planted crops in the Fertile Valley lands, such as Canyon de Chile, known for Ansazi ruins, Ansazi, I don't know. Um, okay, so they traded with other tribes. Okay, around 1846, large numbers, numbers of pioneers moved into the area, and the cavalry came with them. And obviously, we kind of know the backstory. Troubles started here. Okay, so they tried to settle some peace. Um, but that didn't work out. So pretty much there was a warrior of the Navajo tribe, tried to settle peace. It didn't work out. Um, a lot of fights happened. I don't want to like skip over a lot of this because like, I don't want to make it sound like I don't care about this because I do care, but I mean... It's a sad and tragic story, and we kind of all know it. Yeah, and to try and keep our podcast from being 10 hours long. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so because because of the misunderstanding, there was misunderstandings within the war or the battle here. The government tried to make amends, so they just supplied the Navajo tribe with lard, flour, salt, sugar, baking powder, yeast, and powdered milk. And so they used, obviously, some of this to make fry bread. Um, So, obviously, it kind of just got turned into these tacos from the battles that obviously were... But, I mean... Present day, today, fry bread is generally known as a carnivore or state fair treat to the general public because, you know, America and white people, we took over shit. Uh-huh. Yes, we did. <clears throat> another name, which kind of shocked me, another name that it could be known as is elephant ears, but what I is not. <laughs> 
Yeah, our definition is a lot different. Because <laughs> elephant ears to me would be like um, a country fried steak, kind of. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but another way that you can make these is fry the bread and then serve it as a sweeter treat. Um, where you drizzle it with honey and sprinkle with cinnamon and, cinnamon and sugar. Ooh, that sounds really good. That does sound good. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to do the six best restaurants to get an Indian taco in South Dakota. Okay. Um, I got this from Only in Your State, and that other one was from... Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Okay, the Gabubu bread was from ArgusLeader.com and the Indian fry bread history and all that stuff is what's cooking America. Okay, so the six best restaurants. The first one is called the Brass Kettle in Aberdeen. Um, so they homemade, they home make all their fry bread. And, I mean, if you aren't going for their traditional Indian tacos, they have a lot of other food that says it'll still blow you away. (laughs) Um, The second one is Laughing Water Restaurant in Custer. (laughs) Um, If you're stopping by the Crazy Horse Memorial, which we were there. We did. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Um, then this is the place that you should visit for some food. And uh, it's actually the only place around there, but well worth the stop for their great Native American food. They have Indian tacos to die for, as well as Tatanka stew. <laughs> and you, their scenery is uh, the mountain carving, which... Is where they carve Crazy Horse. <laughs> so is it actually on like the premises at Crazy Horse or is it just near it? I think it's just near it, but you can still see gotcha. the Crazy Horse statue. Which when we were there, they were still working on it. I mean, yeah. I think they still are working on it. Yeah, there's, yeah. It's it's been quite quite the process to try and get that monument on. Yeah. Okay, so number three, Rosalie's Restaurant, Bakery and Lounge in Sisseton. Um so oh my gosh, they're a bakery as well as a restaurant. So all of their fried bread is also homemade within the restaurant. And they have more options for your toppings, which it doesn't list their options. But number four is 212 Boiling Point in Brandon. Um, they serve, says that they serve a mean Indian taco. And if you get the option to go there, or serves tons of wonderful options. But if you happen to be there and get a chance at having an Indian taco, do it. Okay, number five, it, uh, Ruby House in Co- Keystone. It's kind of cool because it kind of looks like a old-timey, like, hotel-type thing. No. This historical house has an amazing interior, interior that will pull you back to the 1800s. 
Um, the Indian so tacos. Like the old saloon style hotels. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That'd be cool. The Indian tacos will set your taste buds tingling in delight. They have great food, great ambience, and great fry bread. It makes the perfect spot to eat. Ooh. Okay, and then the last one is called Cheyenne Crossing, and this is in Lead. And this one kind of looks like a country store. Okay. Um, it's a classic spot to stop on your trip through the Black Hills, and one of their most popular menu items is definitely their Indian tacos. Yeah, I don't know. It's in the Black Hills. <laughs> it just, I mean, it just reemphasizes again that they have some of the best Indian tacos. But those are the best places to get Indian tacos. All I'm thinking is that we really fucked up when we went to South Dakota because I feel like we missed out on a lot of really good food. I know. <laughs> it's all right. Well, no. I would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we still ate really well. Um, <clears throat> I would say, yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on to our drink, which is called the pickle beer. Casper, uh, what'd you think? Um, so just a tiny disclaimer with Tiff being pregnant and me being very ill, um, I am too dehydrated to drink right now. (laughs) So Casper was the only one who tried it and I did video his reaction, which was what Casper? It was actually pretty damn good. Really? (laughs) Yes. I I thought maybe you're trying to torture us because you can't drink right now. Uh Uh-huh. So, and then once Caitlin couldn't drink it, well, then I got really, it's like, oh, great. I'm the only one that's going to be drinking this thing. And it's going to be gross. But no, I thought it'd t- make the beer taste sweeter. Interesting. It, it, it kind of went, I thought maybe it'd be more tart or sour or something. But no, I thought it made it taste more sweeter. Or sweeter. Sweater. 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 <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> I wonder if that has to do with, like, the vinegar. Could be. I mean, those South Dakotans are very clevy. Clevy, yeah. Um. So this is tradition, or the South Dakota martini, and it's beer paired with a pickle. Um. So hey, by the way, they use cheap a- beer. They use cheap, cheap beer like PBR and stuff for that. Yeah, they do. Um, so ordering a pickle in your beer in South Dakota is akin to ordering a side of ketchup or ranch with your fries. Um, oh. and it's actually more popular for people under the age of 30. Huh, interesting. Um, okay. So like Casper said, it's usually, it's typically in light draft beer. Um, so your cheaper beers... And the trend got started in, they didn't actually prove this, but this one, this is where it was first ordered. And it's Cubby's Bar in Brookings. If I'm breathing really heavy, I'm really sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. I'm breathing very heavy as well, so you're good. The trend um, follows the original South Dakota martini that started in the 80s, which involved dunking a few olives in your beer instead. 
so they say this is South Dakota, but it's mainly a lot of the Midwest that do it. So Minnesota and Nebraska are two other states huh. that, are, that commonly do it. I never Me heard neither. of that until just now. Me neither. Um, okay, so the manager, they interviewed the manager about this of the Cubbies bar. And he says the trend got really, really popular, like gained a lot of traction in the mid-2000s. But he said that he remembers uh, a guy coming in. uh, His name is Matt Zeman. Remembers him coming in and ordering a pickle in his beer about 20 years ago. So... And it kind of just stuck. It, he said it wasn't an outrageous order because it was people did it every once in a while, but it was also not a regular thing. So that's all I'm going to really say about that. Um, okay, so now I'm going to move on to... I got that also from ArgusLeader.com. Now I'm going to move on to the nine most iconic bars in South Dakota. This from only in your state. Okay, so the first one is called. I'm not going to do all nine. I'm only going to do five. By the way. Okay. Um, the first one is called Ice House Bar in Yankton, and it's the building that houses the Ice House Bar. Was oh wow, the building that houses the Ice House Bar was once the Pure Ice Company in 1928. The bar is quite a dive, but it's also a quirky t- tradition. You'll want to sit on the loading dock and smash your beer bottle bottle there when you're done drinking. This is such a long-standing tradition that the bar had to replace the brick wall underneath the dock when it began to crumble from years of abuse. This bar oh has been Oh my god. Yeah, this bar has been featured on the late night or the late show with David Letterman. And in Esquire, Esquire magazine, I don't know. Esquire. Esquire. Number two is the saloon number 10 in Deadwood, which we were there too. Yes. Okay, so South Dakota's Black Hills holds some of the, mo- the state's most fascinating history. Gold mine towns with their Wild West past are... St- they draw for South Dakotans and tourists alike in Deadwood. You can't get more historic than Saloon Number 10. Patterned after the saloon in which Wild Bill Hickok was famously shot in 1876. While the saloon isn't the actual saloon where Hickok was shot, um, that bar, that saloon actually burned down. This place is a combination of a bar and a museum. The walls are filled with memorabilia (laughs) and photos of Wild Bill. And the saloon proudly displays the actual chair that he was sitting in when he met his demise. Oh, my. Okay, number three, Full Throttle Saloon in Sturgis. We were also there. Yep. Yep. Okay, so Full Throttle Saloon proclaims itself as the world's largest biker bar. 
Um, it certainly hosts the world's largest motorcycle rally every August. Sturgis is South Dakota's version of Mardi Gras, if nobody knows. Um, but, I mean, biker gangs, or biker Mardi Gras. Okay, so, full throttle, oh, wait. It says, okay, it, like, says where it's located, and then it's like, but you won't need your GPS. Just follow the crowd, and you can't miss it. Yeah, full throttle is huge. Okay, number four, Monk's House of Al Repute in (laughs) Sioux Falls. This locally owned brew pub is the iconic spot in Sioux Falls for some great craft beers. You'll find 39 beers on tap here, along with one of the coolest vibes in town. Comfy decor, friendly service, and good food accompany... The really excellent brews. Bring your dog and dine on the patio in the summer months. Okay. Yep. (laughs) And then the last one, number five, Sick and Twisted Microbrewery in Hill City. Hold on. Sick and Twisted makes some of the best craft beers, beers you'll ever try, and it comes with a sense of humor. Try one of their... Try one of their tasty brews with nearly pornographic names like Panty Dropper, Nut Hugger, or Bare Butt Bock. What about Nut Bush? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the inside of the bar is a unique mixture of homey decor and quirky, witty signs and memorabilia. The brewery is located at the Naked Winery, and you can get a wine tasting or a flight of craft beer here. That's all I had. That's all you got? Yes. Okay. So for the attraction, I got the, we've been here. I don't know if you guys remember it. The Cosmos Mystery Area in Rapid City. Yes. Yep, I remember. It's where it seems like science doesn't exist. Um, They got, it's a 40 minute tour, long walking tour. It's only like six bucks. So it's really cheap. I recommend going there if you're in the area. It's only open through April through October. Um, it was an accidental discovery. In 1952, two college boys searching at Black Hills looking to build a summer cabin stumbled across this place. And it seems like even if you're level and same height, someone's going to be taller. Or like what was with Caitlin and my mom, where I'm quite a bit taller than those two. There's a point where they were taller even mm-hmm. though we were on level ground. And there was, like, the cabin was kind of quirky itself. I, it, I don't know if it's all just an optical illusion or if there's really something going on in the area. All right. my And I got that from Only in Your State and Cosmo Mystery Area. Uh, my festival is the Potato Days in Clark. Uh, the potato is king in Clark, where... Local farmers go bushels of this every year. So they throw it's once again another food festival. So they got you know, Mr. Potato Head all there and the best decorated potato contest. Like some of the past winners were an astronaut, a farmer, race cars, a tooth. Of course, they got potato dishing, dish cooking contest. But there's always that one event that kind of makes everything weird about it 
They have a mashed potato wrestling contest. Oh my god. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I mean, I like mashed potatoes, but you have bodies <laughs> in it and stuff. Like I said, there's always that one weird thing in every food event. <laughs> always. Yeah. yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right. And the last little thing here is I got weird town names. The first one is Carlock. Okay. Uh, wall, and if you don't know the Wall Drugstore, it's a huge tourist area, shopping center, pharmacy. They pretty much got everything, but they got a million signs leading up to it. Yeah, it's a it's a cool place. I liked. I've been there a few times, and it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is Red Shirt. Okay. <laughs> Oral. <laughs> oh. The website I'm reading from has a guy in a shirt. It says, the best beauty parlors and facials around Oral, South Dakota. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Box Elder. Running Water. I sure hope they have running water. That's got to be Native American named. Yep. <laughs> uh, Camp Crook. And this one's actually a dude ranch, a teen dude ranch. Spink. Oh, isn't a spink like an animal? Yeah, it is. Is it? Spink? I think so. Or is it Spinks? Spink. S-P-I-N-K. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm thinking of skink. Like oh. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Never mind. <clears throat> All right. Uh, bone steel. Fire steel. Thunder, butt, or butte. <laughs> Iron, lightning, and got a couple more here. T, wood. <laughs> they have they have a central city, a centerville, and a center point. Oh, okay. Gayville, trip, ideal, scenic. Interior, Blunt, Mystic, Faith, Reliance, Chance, Bath, Farmer, Hammer, Kidder. (laughs) Here's a bunch of Kidders. Uh, Parade, Igloo, a Fedora. Peaver. Peaver? Peaver. P-E. Okay. P-E-E-V-E-R. Green gas. <laughs> gas. Green grass. <laughs> Mud butt or butte. Potato Creek. Pumpkin Center. Big Stone City. Hidden Timber. Cactus Flats. Rockerville, Swift Bird, Spearfish, Deadwood, and these here are ghost towns. So you got Texas Town, Spokane, Moon, Weta, Etta, Elmore, Dewey, Hillhead, Flatiron, Gopher. 
Hooker and Teddy Bear. Oh, isn't that sweet? <clears throat> um, they got a lot of ghost towns. I got that from really weird place names. I'm going to try and get through this and hopefully my voice stays intact. Um, so we're going to go to the government section. Uh, my source is Britannica. Um, so the state constitution of South Dakota was adopted in 1889. Um, it has been amended many times, which I would sure hope so. The executive branch of the government is made up of the governor. Uh, the governor's popularly elected to a max of two um, and then in addition, we have the lieutenant governor and then most other high-ranking administrative officials. It didn't list any. It just, like, said most other. <laughs> uh, it said that they're also popularly elected to four-year terms. Um, it didn't say anything about term limits for them, though. And then to round out the executive branch, we have the bicameral legislature, which is made up of a 35-member Senate and a 70-member House of Representatives. Um, and it didn't say how long they serve for, so I'm just assuming it's your typical four years for the Senate and two years for the House. But I don't know that for certain. But considering they didn't specify, I'm going to assume it's just the typical. Uh, so the judicial branch is made up of the Supreme Court, which has five judges, um, there's also the circuit court and then the county and municipal courts as you go down the, the list. So in January 1975, the Supreme Court consolidated an antiquated system of county and local judicial officers into a unified system of magistrates. Um, they're appointed by the circuit court and approved by Supreme Court judges. Lay magistrates became installed by presiding judges in their respective districts. Um, so that's how kind of district courts are made up of. Oh, so they're decided by judges already. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, there's also more than 100 special districts in the government, and most of them are concerned with soil conservation, drainage, and irrigation. So, I mean, they seem to be really involved in the uh, <coughs> conservation of their, their uh, lands and stuff, which is good. As far as elections go, their primary elections are held in June in even-numbered years, and then their general elections take place in November. Something that I thought was kind of interesting, South Dakota residents can propose laws, and they can also call referendums on local issues. Um, so it seems like they have a decent amount of, like, well, I mean, power, I guess, they can propose laws all they want. It, you know, it depends on if the government actually listens to them or not. But I thought mm -hmm. it was cool that they have, they seem to have a lot of a voice. Yeah, it's as I say, there just seems like they have at least a voice in what goes on. Yeah. Um, so to round out the government section, um, it, they also mentioned that each of the Sioux tribes has its own elected tribal government. Most reservation governments originated from about 1890 to 1916 and were meant to oversee tribal enrollment and to negotiate land claims with the federal government. Of course, many have been substantially revised under terms of the Indian Reorganization Act of 1934. But each government includes an elective legislative council headed by a tribal chairperson. Um, so that's how each of the tribes are organized um, as far as the government goes. Okay, so we're going to move on to weird laws. Um, I went to a different site this time. The first one that popped up 
yeah casper's giving me a funny look um yeah so the first site that popped up was angellawsd.com and so i figured what better place to get weird laws from than an actual like south dakota law firm uh-huh. um, so, so i have eight laws um they just give like the surface level they don't really dive deeper into it um but here we go so first law is horses aren't allowed into fountains unless they are wearing pants Oh, okay. <laughs> I would like to see those pants. So, so would it just be on the back half, or do they have to have ones over both legs? Yeah. I, all four legs? I was literally about to ask that. I'm like, so how do horses wear pants? Like, do, do they, um, are they picky on how they wear the pants before they get in the fountain? And, and you don't want denim pants, because when you get wet, I mean, they just kind of stick to you. So what you're saying is you want leggings. Or joggers. Say, would horses be more comfortable in joggers? I bet they'd be more comfortable in joggers. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next law. To lie down and fall asleep in a cheese factory is against the law. Oh, man. Well, I mean, it's probably a good idea. You don't want to fall asleep while you're falling into the cheese or something like that. What are you going to do? Fall asleep on the conveyor belt? Like... (laughs) Find a coffee spot in the corner of the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Third law says it's illegal to show any movies that include police officers being struck, beaten, or treated offensively. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, are there? I don't know like any movies. Are there any like really popular movies you can think of off the top of your head where a police officer gets struck that they couldn't show in South Dakota? There's a lot about um, corrupt cops. I don't know if that'd work. Yeah, a lot of gangster movies would have something about cops being beaten up. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like gangster movies. I can't think of like any like specific names off the top of my head, but well, like, like Equalizer with Denzel Washington. There was a corrupt cop in there, and he kind of beat up a little bit. Yeah, so apparently you can't show that in South Dakota. Number four in the city of your. <laughs> Yes, Huron. Man, I didn't see that one in my weird names. Wow, I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. Um, <laughs> Casper's rubbing off on me. <laughs> in the city of Huron, it is illegal to cause static. To like, cause static? Like a ruckus, or like you build, you drag your like socks, woolly, woolly socks across the floor and try to shock someone. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's that one. Um, That'd be funny. Which again makes me think of Family Guy. Seth McFarlane, (laughs) please sponsor us. When Peter gets those long pajamas and he just keeps going around. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Just shuffling his feet the entire time. Yeah. Yes. Um, This one I think is really funny. This is law number five. Uh, Casinos in South Dakota are not allowed to post signs that say casino. (laughs) Wait, what? casinos in south dakota are not allowed to post signs that say casino so do they post signs come gamble here i I, I, I something like come play impossible games here so we can steal your money i I don't know what you're trying money takers takers. (laughs) come here and lose all your money I guess. Yeah, I'm not finding any more like context on a quick Google search, so I'm not really sure, but um, it seems interesting. <laughs> um, 
this next one this is law number six it says attempting to convince a pacifist to abandon his beliefs by threatening to arm wrestle him is against the law (laughs) oh my god so just arm wrestling you could beat the crap out of him to try to change his beliefs but you can't arm wrestle him yep well you gotta draw the line somewhere um so next law this is number seven um all hotels are required to have two twin beds and the beds must always be two feet apart oh okay so i'm thinking here like so now a lot of hotels have two full-size beds in them Mm -hmm. do they also have to put two twin-size beds in them too or ones that have a, just a king size or a queen size bed also have to have two twin size beds. Yeah, see, that's what I was wondering. Like, if you have suites, like, do you have to have the two twin beds in there as well? Like, <laughs> and then you probably have to put one in the bathroom and run right in front of the door <laughs> to get in. Yeah, I don't know about this one. Okay, so a uh, final law is it's illegal to use fireworks to protect your sunflower crop, or it's legal. Sorry, I misread that. It is legal. To use fireworks to protect your sunflower crop, which I guess I don't understand how the oh, two snap. are connected. Um, is it to keep bugs away? I kind of want to get like go to South Dakota, plant one sunflower, and say it's my crop, and just throw at firecrackers at anyone that comes by. Yeah, that's what I was more or less thinking. <laughs> Maybe they're like protecting it from other people, so they throw firecrackers at them. I'm imagining, do you remember those little, like, popper things that you used to get in the box and you'd, like, throw them on the ground and they'd, like, pop? I'm just imagining, like, chasing people and throwing those poppers at them. (laughs) Get away from my sunflowers. Well, South Dakota is the sunflower capital, so, you know, there's probably a big business in those, so you got to protect them some way. Yeah, I love how they're like, you can't use guns, you can't use whatever, but fireworks, sure, we'll let you use fireworks. Start chucking bottle rockets at people. Okay, so um, my last section, I was having a devil of a time trying to find like funny news out of South Dakota. So instead, I decided to expand on something Casper mentioned earlier. It's a place that I have been. We did not go on family vacation. Um, it is the Corn Palace in Mitchell, South Dakota. Oh. Um. I've been a couple times. It's been a very long time since I've been. Um, But it is exactly how it sounds. Um, So I'm going to read some information about it from their official website, uh, cornpalace.com. So the world's only Corn Palace is Mitchell's premier tourist attraction. Some 500,000 tourists come from around the nation each year to see the uniquely designed corn murals. The city's first Corn Palace was built as a way to prove to the world that South Dakota had a healthy agriculture climate. And they do, like, make murals with the corn, like, um, <clears throat> you know, essentially what some people do with paint, they do with different colored corn and stuff. It's actually really cool, really inventive. And I know that they, like, change out the murals every so often. I don't know how often they do. So, expanding a little bit on its history. Um, so, eight years before the turn of the 20th century, in 1892... Uh, This was back when Mitchell, South Dakota was a small 12-year-old city of only 3,000 inhabitants. Hi! (laughs) Sorry. 
Um, so in 1892, uh, the world's only corn palace was established on the city's main street. And during its over 100 years of existence, it has become known worldwide and now attracts more than half a million visitors annually. Yeah. <laughs> the palace was conceived as a gathering place for city residents and their rural neighbors could enjoy a fall festival with extraordinary stage entertainment. Uh, this traditional celebration continues today with the annual Corn Palace Festival that is held in late August every year. By 1905, the success of the Corn Palace had been assured and a new palace was to be built, but the original building was too small. So in 1919, uh, they built a third Corn Palace and it was meant to be more permanent. Um, And so that building was completed in 1921, just in time for the Corn Palace festivities. And that is still the current one that you can visit today. In the 1930s, steps were taken to recapture the artistic decorative features of the building. So today, the Corn Palace is more than just the home of a festival or a point of interest for tourists. Um, Wow, my voice cracked. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's a practical structure adaptable for many purposes. Amongst its many uses are industrial exhibits, dances, stage shows, meetings, banquets, proms, graduation, arena, for Mitchell, South Dakota, and Dakota Wesleyan University, as well as district, regional, and state basketball tournaments. Can you imagine playing a state basketball tournament in a f- corn palace? Like no, or like graduating in a corn palace? Like wow, that'd be oh my god, getting married in a corn palace. <laughs> the palace is redecorated each year with naturally colored corn and other grains and native grasses to make it the agricultural show showplace of the world. It says they currently use 12 different colors or shades of corn, which are red, brown, black, blue, white, orange, calico, yellow, and now they have green corn. Mm. A different theme is chosen each year, and murals are designed to reflect that theme. Ear by ear, the corn is nailed to the corn palace to create a scene. The decorating process usually starts in late May with the removal of the rye and dock, and the corn murals are stripped at the end of August, and the new ones are completed by the 1st of October. Just like South Dakota agriculture, growing condition can affect the production of their decorating materials and may delay the decorating process. Um, So, yeah, the Corn Palace is known around the world as a folk art wonder on the prairie of South Dakota. Mural designs are created by Dakota Wesleyan University students enrolled in digital media and design courses. So... And that partnership began in 2019. So obviously a very rich history. And now they even have the university involved, which is kind of cool. So again, it's been a really long time since I've been there. I thought it was kind of cool just because the murals are like really detailed for being corn, (laughs) just being like different colors of corn. Um, So yeah, I thought it was cool. So a place to visit if you're in the Mitchell, South Dakota area. Interesting. Yes. So, yeah, that's that concludes my section. Nice. This is where you speak, Tiff. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, our next... <laughs> Sorry. Our next um, state is Virginia. Okay. 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 The food is country cured ham. Ooh. Okay. Okay, and then the drink is called dark and stormy. 
dark and stormy? Uh-huh. Sounds familiar. Yeah, probably. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, that's all that's all there is. That's all she wrote. Cool. You said country baked ham, right? Country cured ham. Mainly traditional in breakfast foods. Um, since my voice is kind of worse for the wear, would one of you like to do the outro today? Uh, Tiff, if you want Casper... to do all the social media, no, you do all the social media stuff. I'll do the rest of it. <laughs> okay, well, we'll tackle this together. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. So, um... uh, send us an email at because I fell asleep in class at gmail dot com. That was the easy one. <laughs> Why do you think I took it? Um, Twitter. You can tweet us on Twitter at fell asleep pod. Um, yeah? You can follow us. And I think Instagram's the same thing. It, yes, fell it asleep is. Pod. And your turn. <laughs> uh, Facebook is because I fell asleep in class. Hey, I think um, we got it. I'll, I'll do the. I'll do the end part if you want me to. Oh, okay. Yeah, go for it. I'll, I'll do it like I do as Caitlin. Are, are we all done? I yes. think so. Good I think job, we're good. Guys. Okay. Okay, I'll do it as Caitlin. <laughs> I hope you didn't fall asleep. <laughs> You're such an ass. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.